you can be meditating in, in the subway. You yeah. know, and, and you can like, you know, you can develop your mindfulness by just like looking someone in the eyes, you know, and like at the grocery store and say, hey, how are you? And really waiting for the answers, you know? That's yeah. also a way to develop your mindfulness. That's also like a way to develop your kindness. Welcome to Fit as a Fiddle. My name is Dr. Sneha Ghazi, and I'm a physical therapist and business owner in New York City. Each episode, we bring you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness industry who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy the show. On today's podcast, we have a lovely guest, Pierre Giroux. Pierre is the founder and CEO of Indigo, and it is a global network of mindfulness doers. He's going to explain a little bit on what that is. The company is growing and booming across the world into countries like Portugal, and he is an amazing thinker and business activist. Today, we're going to talk about meditation, mindfulness, and everything in between. It's great that he's in New York City spreading this work because amongst busy New Yorkers, we know we need that the most. Welcome to our podcast, Pierre, and please thank you. Please introduce all the amazing work that you are doing right now. I mean, thanks for having me first. Um, so my name is Pierre, and you said it perfectly right. So Pierre Giraud, this is the exact. Uh, I don't the think perfect you said one. it like that, but you, you, you did it. You, you did perfect. <laughs> you know, you did perfect. And I wish I could speak like you know English very well too. So I'm gonna do my best. Um, so yes, yeah, so I just said like I'm the founder and CEO of Indigo, and also a couple of uh, other different ventures. Um, I'm an entrepreneur basically. So I do, you know, create businesses, but I would say like mindful businesses uh, because I really want to merge like, you know, being mindful and also having an impact through companies. To me, this is like, you know, my, my, my purpose here. So Indigo to start with is a global network of mindful doers. So basically we connect globally uh, mindful doers. And when I mean mindful doers, it's like people that actually have an impact. They're either change makers, entrepreneurs, artists, you name it, but they really do things. So they use their brain to embrace complexity, but also they are mindful, which means that they have like a mindful journey on the side. They really like, you know, they have heart, they develop empathy, compassion, and without compromising on having an impact. So I really think that there's like a room for people being hybrid to have either, you know, like at the same time, really like a lot of heart energy without uh, you know, losing the complexity of the world and having an impact through you know, creating organizations that really make a difference. So that's Indigo, uh, roughly. And as you mentioned, I'm also uh, the co-owner and the CEO of a company named Standard Dose. Standard Dose is a, a, a holistic wellness space in New York City. So we launched the company a couple of months ago and we opened the space three weeks ago. It's on Broadway. Thank you so much. It's on Broadway. We have like four floors in the same building and we we feature plant-based medicines, CBD-infused products, but also uh, spaces for people to meditate. It's free to the public. So it's kind of like some sort of an oasis in the city for people to escape the craziness of New York. You mentioned, you know, people here in New York, they're so stressed out. You know, they, they have, you know, so many issues like with the sleep and everything. So it's more mm-hmm. like a space for them to really take the time to live in the now. Uh, we also have morning yoga on the rooftop. So it's all about like bringing holistic wellness to New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. So uh, these two companies, they really talk to each other because basically, you know, we have being like, A, people who want to discover holistic wellness and B, we are connecting 
mindful doers to do even more, you know, cool ventures, cool projects, cool, you know, cool things to really make a difference and show that we can have the best of the two, like mindfulness, but also, you know, having an impact. Um, I just want everybody to know that when I met you, Pierre, I literally thought if everybody in the world was like Pierre, I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> Honestly. So then nobody can see me, but I'm like, I'm turning super red at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but not only that, you have this immense spiritual, mindful um, backdrop to everything that you do. And I think that there are a lot of people out there who are entrepreneurs or, you know, people who want to do things, but they're just doers. And like you said, they're not mindful doers. So they're missing this element of how to train the mind to help you along your journey instead of allowing your mind and your thoughts and your fears and your all of the bad things. And I think you and the work that you do is a prime example of that, which is why I think, you know, I, I respect you very much for bringing this to New York and abroad and doing all the great things that you do. Thank you. So I want to talk today about mindfulness and meditation, because this is something that you are obviously um, an expert on in the field, bringing this all over the world. So I want to talk about what brought you into this space in the first place and how it's transformed you as a person. Totally. So first, I wanted to change the system and I wanted to like create like new things you know, that could have like a better impact. And so I was driven by how do we develop like a sustainable economy, you know, for us to, as human beings, to thrive. And as you said, um, when you dig into that space, there's also like a lot of energy, but more like angry energy. Like mm -hmm. people, you know, they want to change because they're like so angry. Mm -hmm. And to me, that energy is not the, the one that really, you know, gather people together to like make, you know, make a difference. So I was in that space and maybe like 10 years ago, uh, a good friend of mine did a movie, an amazing documentary called A Quest for Meaning. And I was working, you know, with him on the project and so many different people, you know, were involved. And one, uh, maybe you know about him, his name is Satish Kumar. Mm -hmm. He's a good friend of Vandana Shiva and he's an activist, but also like a Gandhi followers. And he brought the idea of like mindfulness as the foundation of every lasting change. Mm -hmm. And I started, to, I started to think about, yeah, okay, so mindfulness is the foundation of everything. And, and this is the foundation to bring joy and positive energy into like activism somehow. Because as I said, activism sometimes is, is driven by, you know, anger. And this is not the way I think, you know, uh, uh, things can change. So like me discovering mindfulness like 10 years ago as the foundation for everything, plus my personal journey, uh, you know, I started to, you know, dig into my own history, you know, family and so on. Everything together led me to, yeah, incorporate mindfulness as the foundation for everything that I was doing to really have a better impact and to really make a difference uh, with the right energy, I would say. It's wonderful. And talk to us about what meditation and mindfulness means. What does it mean to you and how does that kind of manifest in your day-to-day -day life? There is so many definitions of what's mindfulness, what's not. Yes. I mean, and I, don't want, I don't want to dig into that too much because nobody has the truth, you know, and there are so many different things. To me, I would say that, uh, um, I don't know if you know that this philosopher uh, named Spinoza, a European mm -hmm. philosopher in the uh, 17th century, mm -hmm. and, and he, brought, he brought that idea of the ethic. So like making choices uh, based on your own ethic. And ethic uh, for him was also, uh, was discovered by digging into your own, you know, own body and your own connection to something a bit bigger. 
that wasn't like spiritual. That was more like, you know, like holistic. Mm-hmm. And to me, uh, uh, developing, you know, mindfulness, being mindful, being, you know, everything to me leads to two different things. A is how can we be kind to mm-hmm. each other? And to me, being kind doesn't mean being weak. It means like being a human being. Ah. And, so, and sometimes, you know, we forget about that. We think that you're kind because you're weak. But I'm like, no, I'm kind because, you know, being kind in New York is an act of rebellion, you know? Mm. It's, like, it's, like, it's like activism. You know? that's, that's worthy of snaps right there. It's so true. Yeah, so being kind is an act of activism to me, specifically in New York, because you, we're human beings. And the only thing that really, you know, differentiates us from, like, robots is to be loving beings and to be kind to each other and to reconnect in a very genuine way. So to me, everything that I do tend to lead to how can we be more connected as human beings and more kind. And B is how do I dig deeper in my in, in myself to find like what's the ethic of everything that I do? Like how can I like be inspired and do the right things uh, by kind of like developing that ability, you know, and, and mindfulness is one of the way to develop that. But how can I like find the ethic to mm. do the right choices? You know, and sometimes we talk about like the gut feeling, for instance. Mm. And, 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 and the more you dig into that, the more you understand like what gut feeling means. And, and sometimes, you know, and gut feeling is not, I mean, it's just the, the body, you know, thinking and giving you some answers. So trying to also incorporate a more intuitive, you know, a way of thinking to make the right decisions, even, even for businesses, even for like very, very pragmatic things. To me, that's also one of the outcome of, you know, developing mindfulness and meditating. So from what I'm gathering from you, at least in your, cause I, I know it's a very touchy thing cause there's so many different definitions for it and people have different opinions on it. But the reason why we connected is I agree that it's something that kind of seeps through in everyday activities. And it's not just something that you do in a meditation room for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, even one hour, and then going back to the craziness of the city or the work that you're doing. But instead, it's probably better for you to be conscious and mindful of the choices, the words that you use, the actions that you create and the environment that you produce around you on a minute to minute basis, rather than setting aside a five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute meditation. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Totally. You can be meditating in the subway, you yeah. know, and, and you can like, you know, you can develop your mindfulness by just like looking someone in the eyes, you know, and like at the grocery store and say, Hey, how are you? And really waiting for the answers, you know, that's yeah. also a way to develop your mindfulness. That's also like a way to develop your kindness without mm-hmm. meditating per se, but it's kind of like also like an act of meditation because you, you know, you dig into your own emotions. You, you know, you're in the present. And meditation is like all about like connecting to the present. So if you leave the present, and I'm not saying that I do because, you know, it's so tough sometimes, mm-hmm. but just living in the present, uh, that's to me one of the, you know, definition of, you know, being mindful. Yeah. And can we touch on, and at least in your experience, in your opinion, in your work and line of things that you do, how does this affect your actual physical body? Because this is something that you're doing in your mind. It's what I call mindfulness. And being full in your mind, how does that make you feel physically? Very interesting questions. Um, I would say, um, so mm-hmm. you feel more like alert, like more connected to you know, what's happening there. You feel more um, somehow connected to energies. Mm-hmm. You feel energies. You start really listening to your body. Let's put a very clear example. 
I, I develop businesses, I hire people. No, I'm like, okay, I feel people that, you know, like somehow I'm like, mm, I, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. And the body says something. And now like, you know, with the practice, I listen to the body a bit more because every time I've been hiring someone and I wasn't sure and something was telling me, mm, that's maybe a no, it ended up being a no at some point. Mm-hmm. So, no, so like feeling the body speak, everything that you feel in the body means something. So I feel that that's also one of the things that, you know, turn to your body is like mindfulness. For sure, there's the word mind, but it's the entire body. And mm-hmm. how do you feel that the body is telling you some things? And it's more like to me, how do we learn the language of the body mm-hmm. to then, you know, do more informed, more mm-hmm. mindful, uh, to, make, to make more informed and mindful decisions by also listening to the body? Yes, I love that. I think that the crux of that whole conversation that you just had with me is that there is no separation really between the mind and the body, right? It's just intertwined and connected and influence each other back and forth. So like there's so many studies that say, you know, it's like a classic study. If you smile for long enough, there are certain parts of your brain that fire that signals happiness. And if you frown for long enough, there are parts of your brain that starts to signal sadness. So Changing the physical body influences the mind, but it also happens from a top-down way, right? So feeling the emotions of happiness and just imagining in your mind how it would feel, sound, smell, taste like to feel happy for you, like all the sensory things can actually influence your body to exude that same smile physically, right? So I think that creates kind of a closer connect between your body and you have more intuition to make decisions as a full person like you said with your hiring decision or whatever big decisions that you have to make or interactions that you have with people you just do it as a full person as opposed to like feeling this cognitive dissonance as so to speak or this kind of mind-body disconnect totally and once again there is no disconnect between uh, spirituality and very rational scientific things because now like you know neuroscience uh, discovered that uh the reason also why we have the gut feeling, there's like a spiritual reason behind that for sure. Mm-hmm. But also there's like a very, very, you know, like pragmatic reason behind that is when you, when you interact during the day to like thousands of people, you know, you see people like every day in the, in the subway and everything, you know. And so your body, you know, gather information. Mm-hmm. And whenever you want to make a decision, then the brain try to recollect data. Mm-hmm. But the brain is so limited. So sometimes you've been gathering data without really knowing that you gather data. So mm-hmm. when, you, when you try to reason with the mind, then you, you're just using like a part of the data that you gather during, the, during your entire life. Mm-hmm. And the body somehow gathered much more and, mm-hmm. and, and without having this like mind to really like understand that it's been gathering, uh, that it's been gathered. So the body also think in a different way, in a very more holistic way. Mm-hmm. And with like millions of data, that's been gathered over time without the brain being aware of that. That's why sometimes you think that the brain is more powerful where mm-hmm. it's not because it's, it's processing a lot less data, a lot less insight than the body itself. Mm-hmm. So once again, it's funny because the, the more we develop science, the, the more we also understand like spirituality somehow, and they are not disconnected to each other. Yeah. There, is, there is reason for that as well. So everything leads to the same thing of like, the body, most of the time to me, has the answer where the brain is also limited and also the brain has the ego. 
and ego, you know, comes, you know, and, and, and change so many uh, decisions. And I was telling someone a few days ago that when I start to feel to my body and if I feel that I have this like emotion of like feeling that comes from, you know, more the, the stomach or like more like, you know, inside the body, mm-hmm. I can, I trust that emotion. If that feeling comes from like the top of my head or like, you know, like the top part of my body, I'm like, hmm, maybe there is ego involved in that, you know, in that feeling. Mm. So I try, I try not to trust emotions the same way, whether mm. they come from the top or from the bottom of the body. Yeah, um, that's yeah. that's a that's a really interesting new thought because I think that there's so much to delve into there, um, just in terms of gut feeling and you know there's this whole science about the enteric nervous system about how the gut system itself, like your intestines, your stomach, like everything that the food travels through it has a little bit of its own nervous system, which its own connection to the brain. And that's kind of the premise behind the gut feeling or the gut instinct, because it is a little bit of a brain and a mind on its own. And sometimes you have to be able to listen to it. And if you're not connected enough, those signals are all clashing. So you're not really sure how you feel and you just feel confused. And I think that for a lot of people, that basis creates fear which I, I don't know about you, but I feel like fear is sometimes the underlying cause of a lot of our emotional problems. And if they can understand their body and how that's connected and the way that they feel in their stomach and their gut, and then they can use their brain to dissipate that with their mindfulness and their connection, I think that you know the whole world would be a better place. Right? <laughs> we walk around yeah. free. <laughs> nah, totally, totally. So. What is something that people can do starting now, starting today? What could they do this moment to help them with this connection that we've been discussing, with this mindfulness? Because this is a very confusing space. It's so a, confusing. It's yeah, for sure. A lot of people tell people like different things. Oh, how do you start? Just one minute, sit there and try to clear your mind of all thoughts. I've heard that before. That, that stuff is hard. That's really difficult to sit there and tell somebody to stop thinking because that's like the basis of human beings, right? We've been conditioned and trained as like primitive creatures to think because that's what allows us to be who we are. So in your opinion and in your line of work, what is one thing that you can tell the audience to take away to say, this is a way for you to easily just step into that space to taste it without 100%. being afraid that you're going to f- fail at meditation or anything like that. hundred um, percent. I, I would like to, to, to make a point on, on something specifically that I, that I, that I found, I mean, re- very useful for myself. And also I think sometimes that people, they, they move too fast on that specific part. It's like the healing part of, you know, of our stories. Before digging too much into mindfulness, me, I spent time like, you know, like understanding my own story mm-hmm. and, and his stories as well. So I would say first, listening to the body as we discussed, like, you know, like, as I said, starting to acknowledge that, okay, during the day, have some emotions coming, have some, sometimes some stomach pain uh, uh, and start to understanding that there is some sort of pattern, you know, behind that, like start to understand like, okay, every time I'm here working in, you know, in New York and then someone yell at me, you know, like a driver, you know, and then I feel like, okay, my heartbeat, you know, is, 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 you know, is, is, is rising. Or I, I feel something and I feel like an emotion and getting that 
knowledge of our emotions and mm-hmm. and understanding like there's some sort of like trigger there's some sort of like cues that you know that that started these emotions mm-hmm. it's a great way to start understanding the body and getting that okay there is something behind that there is something you know the body has something to tell me and that's a good start to me to then dig into listen to the body a bit more mm-hmm. maybe understanding what's you know what's behind everything what's behind these emotions mm-hmm. trying to get into our own histories mm-hmm. personal histories maybe healing a little bit to you know what happened mm-hmm. uh, in, in the childhood or whatever, like, you know, kind of like digging into that a little bit more to clear the space before getting too much into spirituality and mindfulness per se. So I would say number one would be listening to the body, getting some, de- getting that there is emotions, there is some stuff going on mm-hmm. and being familiar with that, then digging a bit more into our own histories before going too quickly into mindfulness. That would be my, my thing. I don't know if that, you know, uh, if that helps, but uh, I, I would does. say, yeah, I wouldn't go into like meditate and oh, every day, like, you know, breathing and so on. I would say first, listen to your body, guys, you know, like that, that's where everything starts. Yeah. And that's, I think the, the whole premise of mindfulness, it's that stop, catch yourself and just think, why am I feeling this way? Which is exactly what you're saying, um, which is amazing. I think that Listeners probably got a lot out of this today, just as an introduction. We don't need to sit there as, you know, monks and for exactly. Don't go, don't go somewhere, you know, by like in the mountain by the waterfall, you know, and stay like (laughs) days, you know, in silence. (laughs) Yeah. No, don't start with that. You know, don't be afraid just to start by just listening to the body. Like you're in the subway, you're somewhere, you're meeting with someone, and there's like this some sort of like weird energy. Just acknowledge that first and that's like a huge step huge step and that doesn't require a lot of our time thank you so much for all of this information and for your presence and your work in new york city can you um tell people how they can get in touch with you or with indigo or with that oasis space so they can reach this resource in new york city yeah for sure so they can go to uh, uh, indigo.foundation or they can go also to standarddose.com. Great. And, and I will link they, that they would too. find everything, you know, and, and if they want just to pop by uh, Broadway between 27 and 26, uh, we're open every day. I may not be here every day, but, <laughs> you know, at least the space is open every day for sure. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Pierre, for all the work that you're doing. Thanks and for I having hope to me. you expanding all over the world further and further as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone gained a lot of new information out of this episode. Please subscribe and review the show. It means the world. I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.